Today on CityCast Chicago, we're going outside and taking a walk through Humble Park. A parks historian tells us about all the work that goes into making Chicago's parks what they are and why these amazing outdoor spaces are more important now than ever. When you learn like the history of something and what was what it was intended to be, it gives you kind of a new respect. You know, I think a lot of people really just think this park just kind of sprung up this way, you know? Today is Tuesday, May 11th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is CityCast Chicago. First, a little bit of news, y'all. Local community groups will soon be hosting their very own vaccine events. The state is going to provide free vaccine doses, supplies, and of course, healthcare workers to administer the shots at zero cost to the community groups. And the state's positivity rate is lowest it's been in a month. Fingers crossed. Hey, in other news, the Navy Pier flyover is finished. Finally, after three mayors, seven years of construction, and $64 million, the walking and biking trail connecting the North and South Lakefront is officially open. And of course, the city took out the giant-ass scissors, because come on, it's not a grand opening without the scissors. Some good news. Bobby and Brooklyn Morelli of Bronzeville's hottest restaurant, The Hot Dog Box, are getting their giant scissors prepared. The daddy-daughter duo announced on Instagram that they are opening a new location in Portage Park this summer. I don't know about you, but I can't wait till tomorrow for the Bronzeville Bourbon Steak Dog. It's a hot dog made out of filet mignon. Come on. For more Chicago stories, sign up for our daily newsletter at chicago.citycast.fm. So could have you picked a better day? <laughs> no. Oh my, what is it right now? 70 degrees out here? Whatever it is, it's perfect. The red buds are in bloom. Ooh. The crab apple trees are in bloom. We're just starting to see Look at the bird behind of... you. Oh my God. Oh yeah. Those are nasty though. That's oh. like a red wing blackbird or something. When I say they're nasty, I mean, um, if a male thinks you're coming sort of too close to his family, mm-hmm. they will attack you. <laughs> I think I've seen this bird on TikTok. <laughs> I, for the record, the bird did not attack me or my producer, Simone, or my guest, Julia Backrack. She's a park historian who's guiding us through Humble Park. You see, our parks have always been important to us here in Chicago. I mean, especially for me. I remember making friends, playing sports, celebrating culture at the park. When my parents said, take your ass outside, they meant go to the park. Now, Julia loves to talk about the way these parks came to be. And these days, it's about more than history. The thing, the thing that I've been really, that's been really resonating with me is that how important the parks are right now at this moment. Um, we have been so cooped up. You know, we've all been so careful, many of us in Chicago. We're going to remember this for a generation, you know. I mean, and it's not going to just suddenly, the page is not going to turn, I don't think. You know, I think it's going to be a whole sort of a new normal but the parks are so important because, especially a park like this, it's, it's just, it's perfect for social distancing. This is a large enough park that you can, you know, people can bring their kids out here. You know, it could absorb a lot of people 
and we could still be doing proper social distancing. So I think the, you know, first of all, we just need nature. We need that, like, take a deep breath. <laughs> we need it so desperately right now. Um, so there's that, but it's also just, you know, these are these completely amazing resources in people's own backyard. Okay, so we're at the Humboldt Park Bowhouse. Right, right. Tell me a little bit about this place. Chicago's kind of earliest park system dates to like basically 1869, 1870. And the sites didn't look at all like this. <laughs> so, you know, they were kind of transforming this sort of flat, marshy, you know, relatively sort of treeless site into this gorgeous landscape that you see today. How much of this design that we see now from the Bowhouse Relates to that? Yeah. So that's like one of the reasons I really like to start right here because by creating kind of a lagoon kind of as a centerpiece of each park, um, they could then sort of drain that kind of swampy land into the, the water as sort of the centerpiece. And then um, sort of the next really interesting chapter of the story happens in the late 19th century there was a Danish immigrant, a man named Jens Jensen, mm -hmm. who, have you heard of Jensen? I have. Oh, excellent. I have. Yeah, so what do you know about Jensen? Okay, I gotta be honest. I only knew a little about Jens Jensen, but he designed parks. But Julia knows a lot. She said his life and work were a big reason she got into Chicago park history. Jensen was an early landscape architect, but what's interesting is he had kind of a baked in Chicago pride in his designs. While others were busy importing exotic plants, Jensen looked directly to Chicagoland's natural landscape. I'm talking the prairies and wildflowers and lazy waterways. If we do a quick couple century jump back, like right now we're standing on this bridge that goes across this like beautiful waterway. We're looking at this baseball field. We can still see the field house um, over on the right in those arches. What did this look like in 1845? When Jensen got here? Yeah. So you look at the photos like of the construction, and it is just flat dirt. <laughs> it's flat dirt. I mean, look look at this slope. You know, in Chicago we have we don't we, we have to get happy when we have the littlest change in topography. Yeah. But he did it. It's very gentle, but he did it so consciously. Like we were just walking and you couldn't see the road, right? Because it was sloping down. So we were kind of on this path that was tucked away from the traffic. He wanted you to commune with nature. He didn't want you to be worried about the city. All this work was around 1907. So here we are more than a hundred years later. And it's still, it's, I think it's giving the three of us the same kind of feeling that he wanted to give a hundred years ago. We're, we're kind of all, we're breathing a little deeper. The flowers floating in it just make it look even more beautiful. Yeah, it's those kind of lilies. And, um, oh, the water, the little water feature's on. I didn't notice that when I came out here. I'm oh, sorry. No, you are all good. And a lot of times it's not turned on. So I gotta get some shots here. This no, I hear you. Really <laughs> exciting with the, with the apple tree in bloom right next to it. After Julia takes some pictures, we continue our walk around Humble Park. Hey there. We're not taking ads yet here at CityCast Chicago, but we still want to give a shout out to some of the places in the city that we love. We got a shout out from Bobby Dunlap about Chicago Bagel Authority which has locations in Lakeview and Lincoln Park. Bobby said they have a variety of delicious steamed bagel sandwiches. Bobby suggests trying the goat killer for the, quote, 
perfect morning after breakfast. I think he's talking about a hangover there. Thanks, Bobby. Hey, send us the places that you love. Just a caveat. It can't be your business. You can't work there. That's an ad. And these are shout outs, love letters. Send them to Chicago at citycast.fm. And thanks. This building was built in 1928. This was the field house. I mean, another really interesting theme in the history of the parks is that the field house was invented in Chicago. Like the concept of the field house? The concept and the first ones that ever happened. By the 20s, it was kind of part of the Chicago psyche. You know, every good neighborhood must have a park, and every good park must have a field house. It's a very Chicago thing. Okay, I, I think I'm, um, I want to explore this just a little deeper because for me, a field house has always just been a building. Like, what it's purpose does it serve in a park? Right, exactly. It's a building, but like um, historically, you would have buildings many times they were only open in the summer. Sometimes they would just have a very singular purpose. And a lot of the neighborhoods were becoming more and more densely populated. You know, Chicago's population exploded at the turn of the century. And so um, the park planners and social reformers were kind of getting together and thinking about ideas for how the parks could better serve the growing communities. And the idea of a field house is to have all different activities under one roof. That had never been even thought of. And so, you know, they had gymnasiums, they had public bathing. People, a lot of people didn't have running water. Whatever was happening in the neighborhood, even some political kinds of things, you come and meet in the park. It was the center of life. Yeah. I mean, no, that makes a lot of sense. I, you know, my experience with parks is kid running through it, softball, basketball. And it's all um, of those things too. It, 100%. Those were also, even back then. So this park had a lot of things going for it but it didn't have a field house. So by 1928, there was this feeling that, you know, like, hey, we got left out of this field house thing. So that's when this building was built. Back then, the neighbors who were fighting for a field house were largely immigrants from Northern Europe. And now, Humble Park is mostly Latino and black. The same building where Jensen used to work is now the National Museum of Puerto Rican Arts and Culture. And neighbors are still fighting for the park and community. I mean, just a few years ago, the city closed a swimming beach here at the lagoon because they didn't want to deal with the hassle. But community pressure forced the city to reverse course and actually clean up the area. This is usually the meetup spot when friends and I come over here to take pictures. I came over here with uh, a friend of mine. Her name is uh, Pinky Ring, and she's a Latin rapper from Humble Park, and she's absolutely amazing. The things I love about Chicago's parks is that the story is about the park, and obviously I'm like really into like the way that the park was designed with landscapes and architecture, but the story is also about the neighborhood, because the parks have always been for the people. And you know, like each generation sort of, it's their park, you know? And so we end up in Chicago where, you know, with changing populations and changing de demographics, that's like one of the really cool things I think about it. Julia Backrack is an independent historian and an urban planner formerly with the Chicago Park District. After all that walking around humble, it got me thinking about my childhood park, Washington Park on the South Side. That's where my elementary school played football. It's where my family had every barbecue or family reunion. That's where we went to see the Universal Soul Circus every single year. 
Now I want to know a little bit more about the parks you grew up in. Follow us on Twitter at CityCastChicago. Tell us about your childhood parks and the CityCast team will tell you about ours. That's our show for Tuesday, May 11th. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. Out here in the parks, Humble Park to be exact with Simone and Julie. <laughs> That's good. We get a little musical. Oh, we get a lot of that on the show. <laughs>